The Hurricanes prepare to meet the Rangers in Game 7, while the Edmonton Oilers are ready to take on the Colorado Avalanche. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are going for a three-peat. All of this and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad to be with you, as I am every Monday. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Oilers, Brett Holden. And Brett, your team is getting the job done. Uh, let me let me start it this way. What is different about this year's Oilers team that they're now in the conference final as compared to some of the other Oilers teams recently that had high expectations but fell short in the postseason? They actually have depth scoring and thank you so much for having me on here Gil it's I, I'm actually surprised to be here genuinely after going up against the Calgary Flames but yeah the Oilers have depth scoring that I mean Zach Hyman scored in every goal in that series he's the first Oiler to ever score in every game in a series and when you take a look back at some of the previous Oilers and I don't really have to go through all of them for everybody to understand that is a very impressive stat for him Vander Kane is three goals away from scoring the most amount of playoff goals in the last 25 years. It's it, the fact that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl can have two or three assist games and still be considered kind of a quiet game for the two of them is incredible for the team. And now you can win games without 97 and 29 exactly being at the top of their game. Yeah, that definitely does help. And, and you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people going into that series against Calgary figured that the Flames had an advantage in goal with Markstrom against Mike Smith. And yet Mike Smith has done a pretty good job throughout that big Battle of Alberta series, even though there were some high scoring games in there. Oh, absolutely. It almost gives you, and I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to get there yet. But it almost gives you kind of Tim Thomas feels a little bit. Just the, the activity that Mike Mike Smith brings, excuse me, and the, the energy that he has. Obviously, I mean, I was getting into this conversation with my father last night, who's a generational Oilers fan. Every time he sees Mike Smith get out of the net, he goes, no, stop. But at the same time, I was a goalie growing up, and the first thing that he said to me is the biggest weapon a goaltender can have is playing the puck. Well, when you have the best player in the world sitting at the far blue line and a goaltender who can actually make a play all the way up there, you know what? You go behind the, the net all you want. You make the plays that you want because that is the way the Oilers have built this team. And on top of it, he's making the saves the Oilers need him to make to feel comfortable when they do make mistakes. Talk to me about the defense. It doesn't get a lot of attention, but there are some guys there who have really stepped up in the postseason. Oh, my goodness. Well, and I've mentioned this on my show as well, but just how much hate 
Cody CC got when the Oilers signed him. I mean, Flame Leafs fans and Sens fans actually met up and 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 shook hands at one point to all make fun of the Oilers, going, "You guys signed Cody CC," but Pens fans were going, "Hey, treat him well, man. Treat him well." Because he can do what he's done. He has become the Oilers' probably number one shutdown defenseman. On top of that, you get a guy like Brett Kulak halfway through the season at the trade deadline who has been solid amongst any of the defense. You can put him up almost next to any defenseman in the playoffs so far. And he has been defensively one of the best, one of the most stable as well. And those are just two guys, Tyson Berry, who's had a tough defensive year since Jay Woodcroft has looked like an actual defensive defenseman a little bit, who can move the puck as well. You get a guy like, and with experience like Duncan Keith and Mm -hmm. that just, and we haven't even got to Darnell nurse yet. So that's a very impressive, conversation to have for the Oilers if they want to win no question about it look I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl I mean both of these guys 26 points in 12 playoff games McDavid is a plus 19 in 12 playoff games you know we all we, we knew these two were superstars but they seem to they even found another level so far in these playoffs I mean, the best players in the playoffs have to be the best play, your best players in the playoffs. And the Oilers are getting that. You you mentioned the numbers in themselves and you just can sit there and go, that is incredible. But then you go and watch them and how dominating they can play, they can be and just how much they can run the offense, run basically anywhere. And a lot of, they don't really get the praise that they deserve for their 200 foot game that starts in their own end. And then they go and take it into the, the uh, attacking zone and just have a layered, layered, layered attack and a layered cycle. And you just can't get these guys off of you. As soon as you start to commit to two of them well now you're to one of them excuse me now you leave either leon dryside or Connor mcdavid wide open to make a play and give them some open space and then guess what you can take your pick of evander kane zach hyman maybe ryan nugent hopkins depending if you're on the power play it's just pick your poison at this point for whichever team they end up playing I know Evander Kane was not the most popular player in hockey at the beginning of this season, but talk to me about the difference that he's made in this playoff. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that he can add grit, add actual skills, the guy has just as many points that as he has played for the Edmonton Oilers. Like, Let's be real. A lot of guys have been slotted in next to Connor McDavid. Going into the last playoffs, the Oilers had Dominic Cahoon next to uh, Connor McDavid. Now they have a guy like Evander Kane who actually wants, he has something to prove. He truly does have something to prove. As uh, you even said off the top, he wasn't the most popular. He wasn't somebody that a lot of people really had etched into any lineups at all because of these issues. He's now come back. He's now played fantastic hockey. He gels so well with the team. I mean, you see him sitting there next to Yesipuli Harvey and somehow actually understanding what he's saying and they're <laughs> jesting between the two of them. It is honestly, it's been fantastic to see just the way he's integrated into the city. Plus, I'm not sure if you, you saw, but he got a, a beautiful letter from uh, an Edmontonian just saying that, you know what? I've never watched uh, really Oilers 
hockey before until you came in. And my dream is to make it to the NHL because of you, Evander Kane. So he's, he's making an impact not only on the ice, but off the ice as well. Colorado Avalanche stand between the Oilers and a berth in the Stanley Cup final. What are the keys in your mind to having the Oilers pull off? It would be an upset. So what would be the keys to pulling off the upset against Colorado? Well, it was going to be an upset against the Calgary Flames as well, and they ended up doing it in five. So I got to be honest, I'm feeling a little more confident going into this game. I think the thing is, is you got to get shots on Darcy Kemper. His last three games or the last three games that going into St. Louis, he had an 833 save percentage in one game. He had a 900 save percentage in another. He's not exactly the Darcy Kemper that we saw in the regular season. And then when you take a look at how the Oilers took advantage of Jacob Markstrom, it's kind of similar to how they play. Now, obviously, as well, the the Avalanche have a firepower that the Flames didn't have. And take your pick of Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog. And on top of it, you got one of the, I'm going to say it right here, um, probably the best defenseman in the league in Kale McCarr and the guy who's going to be the best defenseman in the league for years to come. And that's that's just another thing that the Oilers have to worry about to shut him down as well. How do you think they approach that? It's going to be tough. It's going to take uh, the forwards as well. We talked about kind of how how Leon and Connor have had the the two hundred foot game. It's going to have to take everybody at that point because you're not just worrying about the three forwards coming in and barreling down on you underneath the, the face off dots anymore. Now you have to worry about Kale McCarr and them running a four person cycle. It's going to have to be a full full unit effort in the defensive zone to shut them down. And then after that, it's all about the transition to try and score on them as well, which the Oilers have been fantastic in so far in these playoffs. All right, Brett, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Absolutely. On Twitter, you can follow us at Locked On Oilers and also over on YouTube. We're also Locked On Oilers. We like to keep it simple for everybody. We're all in the same place. Plus, uh, you can follow me at The Real Holden 40, H O L D E N, like Nick Holden, who's currently playing for Team Canada at the World Junior Championships. But you don't worry about me. Follow at Locked On Oilers. <laughs> all right, Brett, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to actually be here. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next year's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, glad to be with you as I am every Monday as we talk about the biggest stories from around the National Hockey League. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Carolina Hurricanes, Jared Ellis. And Jared, no shortage of drama concerning your team so far this year in the playoffs. Yeah, it's been a playoff where I 
I'm running out of things to say because it's just at home. They look great on the road. They look like a team that has never played a national hockey league game before. What do you think is the root cause of this difference between their play at home and on the road? I mean, okay. Last change the crowd, but it can't be that simple. Could it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a lot of things that go into it. I feel, you know, the games three and four in Boston, okay. You know, I kind of figured we'd probably drop one or both of the games there. In game six rolls around there, we lose that. Game three and four against New York, we lose that. And now game six, we lose that again. And I do feel part of it is not having that whole mice. That was a big advantage. Obviously, uh, they're undefeated at home. They're 7-0 at home, 0-6 on the road. Crazy step. Uh, But I think part of it is not having home ice. Another part of it, I I think it's a mental thing at this point. It's uh, I think that they are letting the away crowds or home crowds, I guess, yeah, in the case of New York or Boston, uh, get in their heads a little bit. You know, the chance, you know, against the team, the booze, right? I, I, I'm not 100% sure what's going on here. It, it's very odd that the first team ever to lose the first six road games in the playoffs ever. So I'm not 100% sure what's going on because, like I said, they, they look like a completely different team. It's not like it's coming down to one or two goals or, or something like that. It's not like it's you know a tight contested game or anything like that. The other team has clearly been the better team in all of those road games. And yet, you know, during the regular season, 29 wins at home, 25 wins on the road. They were a good road team throughout the year. Yeah, and that's another weird thing because you know, if they were a bad road team in the regular season, then okay, yeah, maybe I understand it a bit more. Definitely, I like it anymore, but I at least understand it because they didn't play well on the road. But the thing is, they were one of the best road teams all year long, and now to do a complete 180 in the playoffs, I don't know what's going on. And they're really letting the other teams get under their skin when they're on the road. Tony D'Angelo is a prime example of that with the study he's pulled. There was the thing of him throwing his stick at Bad Marshan, uh, him and I forget who it was uh, in either game three or four going at it after the game ended. He's a guy, his emotions are getting the better of him. And he's got to get that stuff under control. Other guys there as well. Max Domi's the guy that has, you know, done some stuff that he shouldn't after whistles after the game. They got to get out of their own head and don't let the other team and don't let the opposing crowd get in your head either. Talk to me about Antti Ranta. I mean, he hasn't been the starting goalie, you know, started, what, 27 games, give or take, during the regular season come up pretty big in the playoffs again, especially at home. What has his play meant to this team over the course of the playoffs? I think it's been really, really good, big for him uh, to have been playing as good as he has. You know, he got his first 
Kubrick playoff start this postseason. That was big for him. And he's really taken it and ran with it this postseason. Game six against New York was really only flat out bad, bad game that he had. You know, he got pulled in favor, in favor of Piotr Kochekov. And Piotr, you know, he came in and he looked good. And you, know, you kind of expected that from him. You know, he's good in all the games that he played as well. Uh, but I think, you know, Auntie Rote, you know, he just got in a groove and whatnot. And on the road, stats are definitely not as good as home. But part of that, I do chalk up to the team playing poorly in front of him. He can only do but so much. And I feel without him and the stellar play that he's had, maybe the Hurricanes aren't where they are because there's definitely been some slow starts in these games. And, you know, had he not came up with some really big saves in, maybe we're having this conversation, maybe we're not. <laughs> you He's know, definitely been a big difference maker. Yeah, no, no question about it. A lot of teams rely on superstars for their offense. Everyone's talking now about, you know, Dreisaitl and McDavid in Edmonton, for example. But the Hurricanes have a very balanced attack. I mean, there are five different players with four or five goals, but nobody with more than that. Talk to me about the, the balanced offense this team has had so far in the postseason. It, it's a double-edged sword. It, you know, it's nice that, you know, we have, you know, multiple guys that we have to look out for. It's not like, you know, like Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl. All right, you know Edmonton is going to go to those guys to score goals. So you know kind of who you got to watch out for. The Hurricanes, opposite. you got a bunch of guys you got to look out for. So there's that side of it where, okay, you can't just go after one or two guys. But on the other side of it, it's only four or five goals, you know? It's not – no one has really taken it and ran with it. Uh, that's been an issue past four seasons or four postseasons, really, of struggling to score in the playoffs. And, you know, keep thinking that, oh, it's going to be Andre Special going to step up, you know, be a big scorer, Sebastian Otto, you know, and all these other guys. And yeah, they score clutch goal. And they're still extremely young guys. So, yeah, they got plenty of time to grow into those playoff scores. And, but it's. It's one of those things that you can't win games if you don't score goals. And we need this balanced offense to really play some offense, uh, for lack of a better term. I'm trying to think how to say that. But, I mean, that's kind of what they need to do. The offense needs to get rolling. Power play as well. Power play has really been abysmal since getting a March, really, uh, not just the playoffs. And we need these – Top guys to play like top guys. And so you're Sebastian Otto, Andre Spechkov, Tavo Teravon, and Vincent Trocek. These, these are you know, your top guys. These are the guys that you're expected to score goals. And they are here and there, but they're not to the extent that they need to. Game seven coming up. Talk to me about the keys to victory for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, uh, two of them I just mentioned. Offense needs to step up in uh, power play as well. Plenty Kill has been really great at home, so I'm not uh, 
super worried about that, but special teams obviously going to be big, of course. But offense stepping up is really going to be big. All right, uh, Jared, we'll what, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say we'll we'll see how it goes, but uh, I think having a home ice advantage is really going to be a big factor in there because again, they are undefeated at home this postseason. Going for their eighth straight home win. Uh, be nice to get a road win at some point, but let's see how this one falls out uh, in Game 7. Jared, why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers where they could find the podcast and where they could follow you on social media? Yeah, you can find the podcast wherever you're listening or watching this podcast at Locked on Hurricanes, all streaming platforms and on YouTube. And you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes. Trying to get better about seeing the stuff on Instagram and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore nine six. Jared, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. You're welcome, sir. And welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast. So glad you could join us. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show a familiar face to Locked On NHL listeners and viewers, Adam Danker, the host of Locked On Lightning. And Adam. Going for some history this year, and your team is halfway home. How how do you feel about this? That you know, not only did you reach the Eastern Conference Final, but did anyone expect a sweep of the Florida Panthers in in the last round? No, Gil. I I think uh, you know, was, there might be some people out there that said they knew from the start that we would have swept Florida, and, and I would I would. I would be bold enough to call those people liars because I think that nobody could have could have assumed or or even predicted that that outcome was going to happen, especially after a series such as as taxing as the one that they had against the Toronto Maple Leafs prior. Uh, and really, it, it it was really a culmination of in anybody that's been following this Lightning team, you could see over the last couple of years, it almost seems as once they get the tough, the really tough series out of the way, they just get better and better. And it almost seems as if the series, as you go along, almost get tend to get shorter and shorter. A lot of people don't realize the last two Stanley Cup finals after going seven with your boys in the Eastern Conference finals, the New York Islanders, that the Lightning only played only that, that series. Those series only went to six and five in the finals. So in, in really to think about it, you know, they, they they made somewhat short work considering the, the amount of games and minutes that they played prior to then. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's always nice to see you beat your in-state rivals, especially your divisional rivals. But, yeah, to, to say that it was it was a pleasant surprise, would I think, would be a little bit of an understatement. So what was the key? What did the Lightning do so well that they went out and beat the team with the best record you know, in the league? <laughs> in four straight games. Well, really what the key was to to their win and the way they won those games was clogging up the, the shooting lanes. Uh, this Lightning team, you, you kind of saw hints of it here and there throughout the, the Toronto Maple Leafs series, and the Maple Leafs actually flipped the script and were doing this. They were blocking almost everything that the Lightning were trying to throw on net. And I guess the Lightning saw that and said, all right, well, why don't we why don't we try this against Florida? And they did exactly that. And and you saw it in game three, uh, five different lightning players going down to the tunnel, Steven Stamkos, multiple times as Bolts Nation held their collective breath. Uh, but it, it was that was really what it came down to. Plus, you know, uh, allowing Vasilevsky to get into a groove early on in the series really was the cherry on top. And, and, and I think that really 
that was something that the Florida Panthers couldn't adjust to. You saw they they got frustrated pretty easy early on, and I think as well as their struggles on the power play that we saw in the early stages going almost 30 consecutive power plays without scoring a goal, I think they really got in their own heads, and, and that was really one of the defining factors in this series. Wanted to talk to you about Nikita Kucherov, 11 assists in 11 playoff games, 15 points leading the team. What has he done so well in this postseason that he's, you know, providing the team with all this production? Well, really, what what the key is for Kucherov is that you kind of treat him like you would treat your star player in the NBA. You just give him possession. You allow him to do what he does best, and that is draw defenders towards him. You've seen one of his patent moves time and time again, especially you the last couple of years in the Eastern Conference Finals. He just holds on to the puck till the absolute last minute and either shoots or or dishes it off to the open forward or the open bolt player. And, and really that ability to have almost all five players, if you're on the PK four on power play four, uh, to have that ability to have those opposing five players almost gravitate towards you to the point to where you're leaving the other players on the ice almost completely alone. Uh, that 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 just shows how talented and, and also how scared and wary the other team is of him getting beat by him and and his ability to to dish the puck in, in moments. We saw it in, in earlier on in the series uh, that game game winning goal in the final seconds to Ross Colton that pass from behind the net where he had two Panthers defenders on him. Uh, Eyes in the back of his head, just unbelievable pass there in that moment. Uh, it's it's that coupled with with his ability to score has really made him dangerous and really one of the top players on this team. But the thing that a lot of people aren't really looking at right now, Gil, is the way he's been playing a complete two hundred foot game. Uh, even his his for, his back checking has been absolutely incredible. Uh, Kucherov is definitely not known for his defensive ability, but he's really no. stepped it up out here in the playoffs. Wanted to talk about uh, a couple of guys who are leading the team in goals in the postseason, Ross Colton and Corey Perry. Obviously not the first names most casual fans think of when they think about who's going to score for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but these guys are getting the job done. Yeah, those guys have been absolutely incredible this year. Uh, I actually had the pleasure of having them both on Locked on Lightning last summer, and and some of my listeners have affectionately called their per, their performance following being guest on my show as the Locked on Lift. Uh, be, having having Ross Colton, even though it's his second year, I think this is an incredible season, almost a career year for him. He is really, you know, you would expect certain players, especially after the season he had prior prior. Uh, his rookie year, only nine games played and then playing every single playoff game. Obviously, the biggest goal of his life was in game five, which ended up being the game winner against Canadians. You kind of figure a lot of guys would have high expectations and almost be swallowed up by the the gravity of that expectations. But Ross really just put his head down. He worked extra harder and you saw it out there on the ice this year. And, and really, he has stepped it up and really become one of the 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 rising stars on this team and especially around the league and and as for Corey Perry I mean we all know what he could do we saw it out there at one at one point in his career a 50 goal scorer Hart Trophy winner two time gold medal winner the the resume goes on of of all the accolades that the, the worm has and and really I think what the difference this year with Corey Perry because you know let's face it he's not any, he's not by any means a spring chicken. But he's also not exactly a dinosaur either. So he's still got a little left in the tank. And I think really one of the big things for him this year is that he doesn't have to go out there and do it all by himself. He's on a line with one of his old friends, Pat Maroon, 
from their days out in Anaheim and the, the ability for him to go out there and especially on the power play with another one of his friends, Steven Stamkos, to be out to go out there and play with guys that you're familiar with, as well as guys who are also so talented of putting the puck in the back of the neck that that allows him to go out there and just have fun. And I think that was really something that he was looking forward to do this year, especially on this team. The idea of being the first team to win three straight Stanley Cups in 40 years, practically. Do you think that that's in the Lightning's head? Is it pressure? Is it a, a goal that unites this team? A little bit of both? Where where do you see it falling at this point? Well, I think it. it I, I think definitely it's it's a goal that everybody wants to 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 achieve. I, I don't think it's one of those. Well, we failed if we didn't win because I think this team knows how talented they are. They they know when to put pressures on themselves and when to just go out there and let the flow of the game take them wherever it is. Uh, and that really starts from the top up with John Cooper. Uh, he said earlier this week when he was on one of, uh, making one of his media appearances that, you know, it would be great to go out there and win a third straight. But what we have done, what they have done in today's modern NHL with winning two in a row, that almost somewhat equates to to maybe three, especially with everything that, you know, the salary cap constrictions, COVID, uh, free agency now, players having more freedom to to go out there and, and choose their destination. Not like the old days where you kind of were saddled to one horse for the rest of your career, unless you were traded. Uh, and, and, and I, I, I spoke about it on my show as well. You know, you, it really makes you think, does, uh, does a three-peat back in the old days equate to a repeat in today's game? And I think it does. I think these guys, they know that they're the best team in the league. And right now they're just playing on house money. And, and I think really the only guy that maybe be a little bit more concentrated, you know, might be a little bit heartbroken about possibly winning a third straight is Pat Maroon. Because remember, he's going for his, his fourth straight as where other guys. So, you know, he's has history on the line as well. And, and a lot of people don't realize that, you know, Pat Maroon might not be in the conversation for guys that have won four straight Stanley cups in NHL history. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this team, I think what they see, what they could accomplish, especially what they did to the reigning president's trophy winners. And, and there's no added pressure there, but they're definitely going to stay concentrated as, as the playoffs go on. Do you have a preference? Would you rather see the Rangers or the hurricane? You know, it, Gil, it's a very, it's it's a very hard decision. Uh, you know me pretty well. Uh, I'm from the New York area as well. I grew up a Ranger fan, so it would be kind of almost a, uh, uh, a coming full circle. You know, covering the Tampa Bay Lightning, one of my set other favorite teams. Growing up, a, a huge Marty St. Louis fan, and then obviously playing against my hometown team. That would be kind of kind of strange, considering all the 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 back and forth acquisitions that these two teams have had over the years as well as, uh, but at the same time, you know, I don't want to play with fire, you know, Vasilevsky's playing great, but why do you want to tempt, tempt having to play another hot Russian goaltender who could turn it on at any point, Igor Shosturkin? I think this, this Ranger team, but my lightning might run into them at some point later on in the next couple of years. But I think right now, um, I think the best matchup would be Carolina, that little bit of a revolving door of goaltenders they got going there with Freddie Anderson, um, and Auntie Ranta, as well as their inability to just win a game on the road. It, it, I've never, I don't know. I mean, you're you're a little older than me, Gil, so maybe you've seen this before. But I have never seen anything like this in my entire life, where a team almost, almost to a certain extent, refuses to go out there and win games on the road. So you know that. What was, a lose at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that might be something that might play well into my Lightning team. Uh, there's also a lot of history 
uh, with these two teams having played in the same division last year, having played each other in the playoffs. Uh, and so there's a lot of familiarity there. But I really think that at the end of the day, I think the Lightning know that they're in Carolina's heads a little bit just because of all of that. And I think that'll eventually play in their favor. Adam, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Well, you could follow the show at LO underscore lightning on Twitter, as well as lock on underscore lightning on on Instagram. Give me a follow on Twitter at Danky Dank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-A-N-K. And give us a and give us a thumbs up and a subscription on our YouTube page. It's been blowing up lately, and we're going to have a ton of more content coming out. As soon as one of these two teams decides to to whether or not they want to win the series and face my boys in the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, we're all looking forward to that, Adam. Thanks as always. Great to have you here. Always glad to be on, Gil. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank my guests, Brett Holden from Locked On Oilers, Jared Ellis of Locked On Carolina Hurricanes, and Adam Danker of Locked On Lightning. Thanks to everybody for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast. I'm Gil Martin. I'll be back Friday when I co-host the Friday edition of the show with Rachel Donner. Until then, some great hosts lined up to get you through the rest of this week as the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs come to a conclusion and we get ready for the conference finals. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.